You are listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. To Faithful Men is a project that started in 2006 to digitize and preserve old sermon and study tapes of Elder Wally Flanagan, Elder Hassel Wallace, and Elder Mike Strevel. They were pastors and teachers, and they studied to teach and train up others to continue in the ways of truth. I am thankful to be able to provide you with these sermons and studies, and I hope they will be a blessing to you. Brother Jane, let me stand up right over there. Uh, I believe I can go through this. Uh, I've got an outline here. I believe I can go through it in 30 minutes. And I don't, I don't want you to listen because whether you believe a word or not, you know exactly what I believe about this. And what I'm going to talk about is, is the Holy Spirit in revival. And you'll know tonight after I sit down what I think a revival is. Uh, the text that I want to begin with is 2 Timothy 1 and 7. Now get your Bible now. Follow, follow along with me. To me, there's four things that would be an absolute for us to do what we've talked about tonight. and uh, We'll either do them or we won't do them. They're available for us. And, uh, I Timothy 1 and 7. Excuse me, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In other words, I think Paul is, is saying that Timothy, Timothy is not to be timid and that he has power equal to dynamite within him. I want to, I want to talk about, uh, about a display of unbounding energy and, and this will have to do first with the scientific development of energy control. What scientists have done. They put us to shame. I, I, I need to quit using us. They put me to shame. So I'm going to start out with horsepower. That's just about the first historical record we have of people uh, harnessing energy. It's horsepower. The use of animals was the first means of multiplying the power at the disposal of man. In other words, when you see an old gray, old gray mare walking around and grazing in the pasture, that's not, that's, you, she's not harnessed. She's not doing any one bit of good. And for her to be of value to you, to pull your plow, you've got to harness that energy where it can be released. You've got to put a gear on her, what the farmers call you got to put a collar on her and gear her up and hit her to the plow. Then when you say get up and she starts and the plow begins to move, that's horsepower. And that's one of man's first early developments in a scientific way to, uh, in, in, in the development of energy control. Now we need to follow this. Then, then we have the water wheel. Water coming through the starters down there, it, just, it does no, not anyone any good. But if they had something in there that they, you know, that had a, a generator of some kind, and they harnessed it, then it would be a power plus. And then uh, we have the wind. Man is harnessed wind, and the wind mills, and then the sails, the boat, then the steam. The steam engine, this revolutionized industry. Then we have the hydraulic turbine. And, and I read this in a book that a, that a hydraulic turbine works in, in water, but one of them is equal to 100,000 horsepower. 
Now, scientists have done this while we still sat around and, and said that we're being defeated by a power that made all of this. Every one of these I'm reading about, God made it. That's including the horse and the water and all of this. The wind. God is behind all of this. And it's all out there before we ever made a scientist. So even my heart was created before a man was. All of that's out there. And then God created a man and said, you go out there and find all of this now, but you have to harness it for it to be any good to you. That old wild horse wasn't, a, wasn't, a, wasn't worth anything to a man. He just went out there and he grabbed Scientific development of energy control. We need to know that. And then we have the diesel engine. Uh, well, before that we have the, the, the internal combustion engine. That was the gasoline. And then, then uh, we had uh, the diesel. And then in 1939 came the splitting of the atom, thus atomic energy. This startling discovery was the climax of more than 50 years of painstaking work. I believe, I believe these men worked feverishly at this. And I wonder sometimes if I can get up at 6 o'clock and pray a little bit early. Here's men worked 50 years at this. They didn't know what the outcome would be, but they knew we've set our sails. And if it can be done, we're going to do it. That's a far cry to whether you know whether you're going to slow down your car or not for God, Brother Glenn. Or, or me have to confess I'm lazy about praying. That's a shame for us to have to do that. When all of this power that put that out there, we're going to find out God said that's inside of you. And it's inside of me. So he said, Timothy, you don't have to be timid because there's a power in you that made an atom one time and then let men split it. And it just dumbfounded everybody. Then, uh, the next development was in 1945, in August the 6th. When the announcement that Hiroshima had been obliterated by one atomic bomb. God made that power for him made man, but let man find it. Then on to the moon. As man by tireless effort harnesses the power that God put here. This is indeed scientific development of energy control. Alright now then, our subject is is the Holy Spirit in revival. Don't, don't get leg-weary on this. Now let's talk about spiritual development of energy control. We've talked about scientific. Let's, re- let's read what Jesus said in Luke 24, 49. Jesus said, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. What kind of power was it? That's the kind that made an atom. That's the kind that made the wind and, and, and everything. It's out there. He said, now, there's going to be some kind of a power that you're going to be given. Now, here's what I think as, as a person. It seems that in the same proportion that scientific control has been exercised in the material things, spiritual control of energy has decreased. I believe that. I believe there's less shouting in the land than there's ever been in the history of the United States. I believe there's less amens in the church of God than there's ever been. I believe there's more people sitting in complacency and just say, well, preach on, preacher. I believe that's an all-time low. While the scientific world is sitting on the top of the mountain, just come back down out of space, and the great feet that makes us all fall to our knees compared to what we know spiritually. But God said there's going to be something done for us. There is less demonstration of the control of spiritual energy energy today 
than almost at any time in the past, at least in America. Many are saying the church is spiritually bankrupt. I don't believe that. But I hear that statement quite often. I don't believe this church is spiritually bankrupt. Have we anything to offer for us in the spiritual realm today? I say yes to that. Do Scripture and experience hold out any hope for the spiritually minded man in our modern society? I say it does. If I didn't, I wouldn't be here tonight. But everything you call church might not offer that. Is there a necessary explosive power and energy to crack the modern social situation? I say there is. I believe there's something, Brother Lynn, that you, you, you can't give me the testimony. That churches that you attended as a lad that you grew up, that you considered them nothing but a social coming together. Is that, isn't that what you keep telling me? Well, I've asked a question. Do you believe there's a power that can crack that? Is there something that we can do to overcome? I say that there is. Is there anything at hand to counteract all the sickening situations we encounter in, the, in Christendom and in our nation? Have we, in, have we in our time permitted this scripture to be truer than we like? Now, Brother Claude's out of this now, but he used to be in it no more than four years ago, right in the center of it. And Bill Davis running a close second. Luke 16 and 8 says this about a parable of a man, about a steward. He's unjust, but he's wise to take care of himself. And Jesus commends him from that side. Luke 16 and 8. And the Lord commanded the, uh, commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than children of life. Do you feel like the scientist is wiser than, than preachers? You know, we all kindly thank a lot of Brother Jimmy because he is kindly, he, whatever he says he'll do, he keeps on at it. He had his Bible study, he kept going to laugh and quit coming. But, but most of us just fiddle-faddle. While these scientists split, the atom went to the moon and still working day and night, feverishly, while we hold up our hands in defeat. I don't believe we have to do that. I don't believe I have to do like I'm doing if I do, how am I going to say, well, God, you're powering nothing to me. You give it all to the Adam. You give it all to the scientists. You give them the ability to stay up a lot, but oh, I've got to have my sleep. Brother James had told me when I seen him a Friday, I believe his body was numb from work. Well, I believe old Thomas Edison had a numb body year after year, year after year, until he developed electricity like he wanted it. Doing that, sleeping three hours at night. No, never no more than five. And don't you tell me then I can't get up from that power that, for, that, that made all the electricity for him to discover. Could I get up an hour early to pray to him? If I cannot, why can I not do it? Now, unless we see this, we just well to close these meetings down and never come back anymore. This is not hard tonight, but it's facing the issue. The Holy Spirit in revival. A God that made everything, and He said, literally, I live in you. And the one living in you is more powerful than the Adam because I made it. Amen. You believe that, Brother Richard? Amen. How much do we believe it? Will we in three months from now be more dedicated to the thing that needs to come before us? Mm-hmm. Now then, let's, let's look at that last one again. Have we in our time permitted this scripture to be truer than we like? For the children of this world in their generation was wiser than the children of life. 
And Brother Todd already gave a testimony tonight in some way that he used to be a lot more wrapped up in his work for his own good than he is now. And I think we'd all have to agree that the whole world generally is running this race. The next thing I want to talk about in this is a search by some devoted souls is necessary. A search by some devoted souls are necessary. Acts 2 and 4 says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, I, I, I never have spoken tongues, but I, the power lives in me that will let me do what all the will that God has for me to do. If it includes speaking in tongues before I die, I'll be speaking in them. That same power is in me, or this Bible is literally lying. That's what I've got to bring myself to. Is the God lying or is it so? Then if it's so, I'll just get up and walk by. Like Abraham and Paul. God's not going to tell me to leave the Earl of Chaldees. He may tell me to leave Ripley. He may tell me to leave Mississippi. He may tell me to go way yonder somewhere. But will I go? If I believe Him, I'll go. But now I'm just as scared as a rabbit. I believe it's a lot of other people. Because we're living defeated lives, generally speaking, I do honestly believe. But here the Spirit has come here in this verse, and it filled them, it said. I am constrained to believe that some devoted men and women must search for a means of control of spiritual energy. You've got to control the spiritual energy for it to release itself, just like you've got to hook up the old gray mare to release her energy to the plow. And if we don't do it that way, it'll be in there, but it'll never be released. And we can't hardly know it's there, and we'll keep groping. Yet God said it is in there. But I've got to find some way to control it, or harness it, and then it will release itself. So I'm saying I'm sure it's going to take some devoted men and women that can get up and testify, I tried it, and this is it, and it's wonderful to know something about it. I believe that. The same devotion to a task and self-discipline, labor, and expenditure of time, thought, and money in the spiritual realm as in the physical if we are going to meet the spirit of our time. I believe the church of God should go down in utter shame if it cannot raise its head victoriously and say the power that sent them men to the moon. I know it's in me Yea and amen. If we can't do it, we can't meet the spirit of the time. And young people are finally going to become convicted that scientists have got it by the tail and with a downhill pull. If we cannot have some devoted men and women to say, No, sir, it's not that way. We know by experience it's not that way. Who's going to follow a bunch of people that forever and ever are going to hold up our hand with defeated lives? I say nobody really. What do you say, Brother Jimmy? That's the way it is. Only such persistence and devotion can release the energy which God has placed at our disposal and is ready for use. I am persuaded that energy is here. And if we'll, and if we'll pay the price to get the power, we'll experience it. The atomic energy of God is the Holy Spirit. Knowledge of that infinite power is inherent in the Holy Spirit. 
All power belongs to God, and the Holy Spirit is God. Now, everybody believes the Trinity of the Godhead. These three, but these three are one. They believe that the Holy Spirit is God, and God's the Holy Spirit. And let's not try to fathom that. Let's just accept that if you believe in the Trinity, you have to believe that. And then when you say that the Holy Spirit is God, then you've got to say that the same infinite power that's in God is in that Holy Spirit. Then if that Holy Spirit lives in you and that Spirit is God, then the infinite power and knowledge is in you that made that Adam one day. I've got to say it that way or say that the Scripture is not inspired and I've just been misled all the time. I've got to see it that way. I may never leave Ur of the Chaldees if I was called upon, but the Scripture is describing it in this terms in my belief. Our text says, We have not received the spirit of timidity, but of dynamite. Those that believe in the Trinity of the Godhead believe that the Holy Spirit is God in us. The unlimited energy and power of God is resident in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is in us. John 14 and 16. Uh, just jot these down. John 14 and 16. Ephesians 2 and 22 said it's in the church. And 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 said it's in you and it's in me. It's in the believer. And Ephesians 1 and 19 talks about that exceeding great power to upward. If the Holy Spirit is within us, there is no excuse for our exercising, for us not exercising that great power. Yet in too many instances, we are defeated, are we not? Now, I want to pause here and say this. I believe that we have to have revival along the way. But what we call it a revival, God knows nothing about. If you go into church regularly, You'll never have to have a big meeting to revive you if you're connected and ever experience what I'm talking about tonight. Neither will I. Amen. A big, another meeting is like you had a great chapter where there's a lot of good preaching, a lot of good fellowship, a lot of good instruction to make you a little bit better. But this thing being revived at that, God don't know what you're talking about. And the Holy Spirit is absolutely mum about it. Abraham didn't have to have a big meeting to go into Canaan land. He just had, God told him, he said, okay, I'll be loading up and leaving that. No doubt Paul said, Mom and Daddy, you may not understand, but I know the God. I know the God that created all of us. I know Him real well. And I'm going to follow Him. And I'm determined to do it. Now, Paul didn't know about the Adam. See, I know more than Paul. But if Paul had said today, he said, while, while the God that made that, you can't even measure Him in power. Now, that this is real or, or the Bible is lying. I really believe that tonight. I'm not saying how strong I am. I'm just saying to show that I'm either going to get right with God or either I need to quit fiddle-fatting around. And I'll spend the rest of my time climbing up this great mountain of adventures with the Lord as an individual. Because the power that created Adam, that put men on the moon, is in me. Or the Bible is literally untrue. I've got to say it that way. All right? Examination of the conditions of this spiritual power. In Acts 16 and 20, it's about Paul and Silas. It said, And it brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city. Well, all I want to say about that verse is that undoubtedly, 
that Paul and Silas had met the conditions whereby the Holy Spirit would release itself and fearlessly went to battle for the Lord. They didn't care whether they, nobody else didn't battle it. They couldn't help it. But now we want to know what the other fellow's going to do. And I'm sick with that in my own being. And I'm sure trying to get that out of me. All right? The Word itself is said to possess this power. Hebrews 4 and 12. Now, if you want to believe this Word is Jesus, that's all right with me. Let me read that statement now. We examine it now. We examine of the conditions of this spiritual power. The Word itself is said to possess this power. Hebrews 4 and 12. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now here's a statement I want everybody to remember. If God's Word is rejected, we have no expectation of power. I'm going to let you write that down, Brother Paul. That's an important statement. Amen. Get your clean sheet of paper. We're fixing to find what defeats us all now as we go along. We all time wondering, well, why are we defeated? Well, one reason is that I don't believe God's Word, and I won't do what He said. Then He puts me in the corner, well, I must not love Him like I thought I did. Then I'll examine myself, and everybody else will just get looking so much better. If God's Word is rejected, we have no expectation of power. I need him look for any. Herein is the explanation why so large a segment of Christianity is eliminated from experiencing the, the infinite energy of God. What is the reason they don't experience it? It's because they reject the Word of God. This is the first reason now. So if I reject that, I need to even try to find any other way. This energy is always associated with Christ. The Holy Spirit, or the energy of God, was given to testify of Christ. Not to the church, nor to you. Or tell what we've done. It was, it was given to where we could testify and exalt Christ. Oh, we need to listen to that tonight. The church won't pay any more attention to that. And all the trouble I have, you know, I get up there and preach wherever I've been, and everything's all right, till some little something gets up to where men can't find glory if you don't have to go that way. That's a sin dark as you can ever think about. Nothing to it. The Holy Spirit, or the energy of God, was given to testify of Christ, to exalt Christ, to lead people to the truth concerning Christ. John 14 and 26. And John 15 and 26. When Christ is not supreme, God's power is absent. You see now, Brother Richard, me and you have been saying all along, we better do same for self-glory. Well, every time if, if I give my body to be burned for self-glory, be a sin for God. Well, I think, if that spirit that created the Adam is living in you and I, we can quit that. I know I can quit it if, if, if the Bible is so. And if it's not so, I need to just change my way of thinking and drink and be merry for tomorrow I might die. We can stop that. If we want to do like Brother Barber said, let the Spirit just see we're nothing and turn over the Spirit and live by Him. The power or energy of the Holy Ghost is not an end in itself to be sought. 
You don't think the Holy Ghost is king of you, make your hair stand up, or, 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 or say, well, oh, I, I, I know what it is to be filled with spirit. Well, what is it? Oh, I just felt the tingling in me. That's seeking the Holy Spirit of the end within its own self. It's not for that. It's not to do you, make you tingle. It's to fix you where you'll exalt Christ. Amen. The reason that Abraham exalted Christ wasn't because he tingled. It's because he left Ur of the Chaldees and, and done God's will under his power. And Paul was determined to be Christ-centered, not that he felt a tingling or heard a voice or seen a white sheet or a dark object run through the land. It's nothing like that. That's seeking the Holy Spirit to where you can run in. Or it's not a bunch of playing a bunch of pianos and everybody getting shouting and patting their feet. That's not what it's all about either. That's good for the flesh. Real good for it. But it does not exalt Christ. The power or energy of the Holy Ghost is not an end in itself to be sought. It is to be sought as a means to the exaltation of the Lord Jesus Christ for God's sake. That's why you want to be filled with Spirit to exalt Christ. Not to exalt yourself, but oh, the world is running over that. And I've been in the middle with the rowboat. The lives of Peter, Barnabas, Stephen, Philip, Paul become illustrations of this experience. You'll not tell... You know, the fuller they come, the less they become to themselves. Oh, Paul just got everything out of the way and draws in Christ. Thank you for listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. Also, if this podcast has been a blessing to you, please share it with others and help our ratings by giving us five stars and writing a review within your podcast app. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also.